Hi everybody, this is Manuel Gil del Real, and today I'm joined by David Gill, host of the Edge podcast, our sister podcast at MGR, for our next session of MGR Unplugged. One of the topics that we discussed today is how the new companies or the existing companies are having a little challenge adapting to what we call the um, digital first world as far as marketing and advertising. It's a nice conversation. We hope you enjoy it. So what I was saying was I think small businesses are willing to spend money on things. It's just that, you know, they're intimidated by e-commerce because they don't, it's new. They don't exactly know what to do with it, basically. Well, what, what, what do you think is the intimidating factor? What is it that is intimidating for them? I think there's different levels. I think one is a lot of the older guys, a lot of these guys who basically know the retail world really well, but it's just like, they're not tech guys, you know what I mean? Like they didn't grow up with it, they're kind of old school and they they want to learn and they want to take advantage, but they don't necessarily know uh, what to do, you know? And they want to basically outsource that. Right, but I mean, by the same time, these guys are business people. They're business persons. They right, know that there's a certain risk that you need to invest and see the return once you put the money into the part of the business. Right, and that's why I think they're willing to do it. They just uh, they just might be a little hesitant and you know they don't want to spend money unless they really know that it's going to bring a return. But the other part is, I mean, that's one group of people, and I think that's a huge group. I think there's a lot of businesses that were thriving in the old world, basically, the pre-digital world, and now are kind of struggling to adapt and I think that's a huge opportunity because a lot of them already have kind of brands in place and at least on the supply chain side, they have all of that nailed down and then they also have lots of current customers already. Uh, and so now they just need to expand online. But the other group is just in general, if you haven't studied e-commerce and you're just new to it, I mean, it's pretty intimidating when you first start because it's not just Amazon. But, but I, I don't think it is that much today. I mean, it, it used to be very intimidating with all the uh, merchant gateways and the payment methods and all the stuff, and there was a lot of fraud and all that. I don't mean... But, but right now, I mean, there's so many different integrations that you can... Uh, I mean, really, you can do... I mean, right now, you can do e-commerce directly from your social media accounts, from Facebook, from Instagram. You can do Shopify stores. You can do uh, marketing, cross-marketing between the different channels, even Google uh, shopping. I mean, I, I don't right, know. I mean, maybe it's lack of knowledge that is intimidating to them, but really, the technology has actually democratized uh, e-commerce. It's made it much, much easier for everybody to get into it when before it was much more complicated. It's what you just said. I think it's a lot of it is lack of knowledge. You know all that stuff because you study it all day. You're in marketing. If you're someone who's new, you don't know all that stuff. You don't know about the cross-marketing. You don't know about uploading to Facebook, your products to Facebook catalog, all those types of things. Now, they can be learned. It's not that hard to learn, but it's definitely lack of knowledge. But what I meant from the intimidation wasn't so much the technical side, like you said, merchant gateways and all that. That's not what I meant. I meant more... I think people don't really know how to build a brand. And I think people don't really know how to take it. Like one thing that we experienced a lot is a lot of people either A, aren't collecting nearly as much data as they should be, or B, have a lot of data, but don't use it at all, right? They could easily be using their email list to target on Facebook and Google and, and they're not doing it, right? And I just think that while 
it's easier than ever, like you said, because it's it's cheaper and it's the knowledge is out there. I mean, it's much more available right now than the, it used to be. The knowledge is out there, but acquiring all that knowledge does take a lot of time and expertise. And when you're trying to do that on top of running all the business, getting your manufacturing in place, doing everything else, doing customer support. I mean, a lot of these companies are two, three people when they start out and it's like, they just have a lot to juggle. And so then they say, okay, well for Amazon, and then as we know, Amazon can be a complete pain in the ass just out of the blue, even if you follow all the rules, you could get triggered. Right. By I a mean, bot. they're big. They 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 have the the right to almost become a pain in the they ass have, and just uh, have this arrogant. They don't have the to, incentive. But at the same time, they offer the largest online retail right platform for everybody to sell, no matter what. Right. So they have the right to kind of protect themselves a little bit. But uh, I think I think businesses to to grow these days, they need to be moving faster. They need to be much more open minded. I'm much more um, agile as far as making decisions fast because things change very fast. And if you are now catching up with maybe social media or having a website that has an e-commerce component, which is something that you should have done like five, six years ago, and right now you have catalogs that are loaded, you can buy directly from Instagram, you can connect your database, you can, I mean, there's so many more things that you can do now that it's hard for the marketing professional on the agency side to even educate the marketing professional on the company side about all the features that they have. And I, I keep telling some of our clients, I said, the, the biggest expense for you right now is the money you are not making. Right. Because it's, it's really painful to see them stuck with things that are like, like things that were successful or they came out like two, three, four years ago and now they're catching up with them. And it's like, okay, well that, I don't would even do that right now. I will do something that is the next level. But then it's what take another two, three years to jump to a next level. Well, I think another part of that is that a lot of people are undermanned. Basically, you have one person in charge of marketing, whether it's in a small business or even in a lot of our larger clients, they still only have maybe well, one. How, how do you solve that? Well, I mean, I mean, you're a small I mean, business. I think it's, I think basically they're undermanned. And so why are they behind? Because it's hard to be on top of Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Amazon, Shopify, all that stuff when you're one person. It's just it's hard, but, time. Say, but, but you don't have to do it in house. Well, you don't have to do it in house, but a lot of them don't have the, the money or at least the, the, the question is, it's, it's really on you. Like you said, a long term vision. It's. You have to, whoever's, I mean, a lot of, if they're the owner, they're the owner, but if they're the marketing director, but they have a boss who's just not, they said, this is the budget for marketing and that's what you have. It's really on, it's on the, the leadership to basically say, no, we're going to invest in our digital efforts. And I think more companies are, but it's just very slow. But the companies that are and have been, have been really successful. I mean, just even on the bigger company side, look at the companies that have succeeded so much in the last few years. Like Walmart has done a much better job now that they've embraced Yes, and even they were late to right. catch up. I mean, right. they, they didn't, never thought Amazon was gonna be a rival for them. And then by the time they realized that, they started boosting their website and they, they put millions of dollars, if not billions, into boosting their e-commerce component. Right. And even look and, at and, and like you look at Toys R Us, which you talked about in your podcast, right? And and that was the opposite example. People that you know, companies that said, "Oh, we don't need to worry about that. We have a retail store." Or something. Guess what? Your retail store is dead right now. So, and that happens to be companies that have a lot of 
shareholders on public money and everything else. So imagine the small business that is much more reliant on their day-to-day -day operations and they can't really keep up. Right, but at the same time, the advantage the small business has is that in big corporations to make major changes and say, hey, we're going to move a third of our marketing budget over to digital, that's a big deal. And you have to go through layers and layers and board meetings and all of this. When you're a small business, it's just who, basically the, the CEO, the owner, whoever says, okay, let's do it. And it's done. And you can move much faster. Now, it's like you said, I think people are afraid to make decisions and... I think that's always going to be the case because you don't want to make the wrong decision. But yeah, things move quickly and you have to make decisions but, fast. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think people don't realize that with the low cost, that even when you make mistakes or even not even mistakes, but if you do some marketing effort digital that doesn't work, you can do so many small tests that it's not going to cost you a ton. And you can iterate and do lots of small experiments. And there's a lot of residual value too that is not really the, the return investment or the sales. I mean, the branding effort is always going to be there. Right. So you do a marketing as long I mean, as long as you don't kind of screw up your market, your campaign or, or mess up something. Um, any campaign that you do for a product or a service or anything like that, that you're actually tying your brand to your service or to your product is going to work very well. And, and even if it doesn't reflect sales right away, the branding effort is right there. So the investment is there and your name is in front of your customers. And so even if you don't see the immediate return, it's still a good investment. You know, it's something that you've done for the company and it's going to work. Right. There's two sides of digital and we deal with both a lot, right? There's the side that is very focused on conversions and making sure you're tracking everything perfectly. And that matters. That's the short term sales keeping the doors open, getting the revenue flowing. But there's the other side like you're talking about, the branding, and that's the long-term thing. That's the thing that's gonna take years, but if you're consistent and you're uh, committed to it and you really invest in it, it works. So, so one of my challenges is how do I convince our clients, some of the clients that we work with and the ones that we don't work with yet, that the way they're approaching their marketing today is just not the right way. Because I actually, I mean, you know my philosophy, I want clients to do well. I'm not, I actually look after our clients more than I look after our own agency uh, most of the times. I mean, pretty much all the time, unless it's a, a small client or something. But basically, normally, I want them to do well. And I tell them always what I think they should be doing, even though sometimes it's not beneficial for us, for MGR, you know, what I'm telling them but it's beneficial for them. So what do you think is the best approach to tell clients, listen, I've studied your situation, I've seen your situation, I know your product, I know what you're doing, and I think you should be doing A, B, C, but they don't do it. So I don't know how you overcome this kind of a uh, barrier, you know, or they don't do it right away. Sometimes they actually come back in four, five, six months and they say, hey, you know, I should have listened to you. This is right. This is that. But it's like, I'm telling you, I, I actually am in touch with a hundred companies, whereas you're in touch with your company and I know what other companies are doing. And I know the companies that are successful or not. I have a much more sampling of uh, marketing and what works or doesn't. And, uh, you know, when I'm saying something to them as a recommendation is, is because I really think it's going to work. So there's a little risk, basically. Right. I think, I mean, I think it's difficult. I mean, it's hard to sell someone. I mean, there's the unsellable, which is you're just never going to convince them. That's fine. But 
I just think that it takes more than one conversation. And I think it just takes a lot of uh, basically examples. And I mean, I think, I think we kind of do that like with our newsletter. We'll kind of throw like lots of examples of, like recently we've been doing lots of meta search <clears throat> in our uh, newsletter. That, that's a good example because we, we do, we practice what we preach. I mean, we are always sending newsletters. I mean, it's not like every newsletter brings us a lot of clients. But clients know about us every week no because we, right. we're consistent we send them information we share with them things that we find out we share with them good news bad news marketing news they can read them or not the newsletters are not supposed to be like everybody reads everything it's like a magazine you like some articles you don't like some others but at least you are in their face and they know that we are basically on the cutting edge or trying to right know, it's about things. showing them that hey these guys are always on top of things always trying to learn new things always trying to educate me the client on these new things and the newsletter is free so it's not like we're charging them for any of that information but what i was saying back to convincing people uh, i think it just takes a lot i think it takes you know on the quarterly call discussing it and then sending them an email with basically maybe some data or case study whatever and then they get our weekly newsletter where we're discussing this all the time and then finally and then not even just us they'll probably see it from other sources too oh this other company's doing what mgr said to do and i just think for the hard to convince people especially when you know a lot of people are constricted with budgets and i understand that like they their bosses say this is your budget and it's very hard for them to deviate from that I just think it takes time. I do realize that today marketing is much more complicated than, or, or I wouldn't say complicated, but it's much more um, diverse. You have many diverse, yeah, exactly, than it used to be. Before, you, you used to have your print ad or materials and yeah. then your company brochure and this and that, and it's then you got the like trade shows and it was very much human interaction and all that stuff. Now, it's, uh, I mean, I hear this many times from clients, it's overwhelming because you cannot possibly be super active and with good content in on every social media channel. I mean, it's just impossible. I mean, unless you have a huge stuff and all that stuff, but it's impossible to be like super active and with good content that is relevant for everybody, like on every social media channel. And then you have the online marketing and then you have the YouTubes and then you have the video and then you have this and that and, and then the print that you still need to go to trade shows. I mean, it, it is much more diverse and it's very hard. There's a lot of noise out there and it's hard to separate the noise from the real content. So in that sense, I understand the, the sense of being overwhelmed and not knowing exactly where to put your marketing dollars. Because if, if they used to say that you don't know only 50% of your budget works, but you don't know which 50% it is, now it's even more difficult because now that 50% could be five, six channels versus before it was maybe, I don't know if print is working, but I'm still doing it, you know? What you just said, overwhelmed, is kind of what I was trying to say before when I said, that they're intimidated. I think they're intimidated because there's just so much. And especially when you're a small team, whether it's within a large company or you're a small business, like you said, it's just so hard to be on top of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and all these things. And then especially at the end of the day, human nature is human nature. And when you're putting in all that effort, especially in the beginning, and a lot of it is organic and you're basically getting nothing from it revenue and even you know viewership uh likes whatever you, metrics you're kind of looking at on that front it's discouraging you know when you're putting a lot of effort into this all this organic and you're basically getting nothing it but that's why it takes a full 
commitment and a long-term vision and it, but you don't the the thing that companies have is that they don't just have to do organic everybody's so obsessed with organic but you can take the organic content and then especially the stuff that does well and then basically run ads for it and right, not every right, ad right. has to be conversion the, ads. the uh the, the pay to play uh, model is because i mean obviously on these companies have said it very clearly i mean facebook didn't go public just to be a, an all-for-profit organization i mean they they made all the changes to to modify their algorithm to to provoke controversy conversation clicks at the end of the day which is what sells the ads and basically uh, makes money for the company same thing with youtube same thing with google uh same thing with pretty much every every channel but i agree i mean you need to create a lot of content and then select which content you want to boost if you will and then put in uh, with the hyper targeting that you can do these days you can make the content be in front of the right person and and stop just doing this shotgun approach where you basically put an ad in front of everybody and hopefully stick somewhere you know now you can do a hyper targeted campaign where you say i want this ad to target females this age group single mothers that live here uh, and then, you know, males that are fishers, fishermen, whatever, you know, so, so really, even you're, you're still investing money in advertising, the chances of getting your target are so much higher now that at least, you know, it's going to get to the right audience. And then it's just a matter of time before they decide to buy or not, or, or basically get into your service. And if we're getting in the details of running ads, I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make with online ads, because I think you know, digital marketing is so connected to, because you are able to track so much better than say a TV commercial or a print ad, you, they have such higher expectations and they want every ad to be a conversion ad. And because of that, there's, you know, basically, you, you know, there's two types of ads. There's the branding ad and there's the selling ad. And the far, far majority of digital marketing is just selling ads. And I think that's a mistake. I think people are not spending enough, you know, TV commercials are almost all branding ads. They're all branding. And I think that small so are, businesses- So are print ads. I mean, all the traditional advertising was mostly branding. Right. Uh, billboards. And I, I mean, think in a digital world, especially the, the new businesses that are so used to just data conversions, get as many clicks as possible, get into my landing page, all that. I think they're missing out because they're not doing any branding ads. And not to mention, uh, like on Facebook is a good example. When you just run a branding ad and you're not actually linking to another site and you're just trying to get views, those ads are a lot cheaper. You can get in front of a lot more people for a cheaper price. Mm -hmm. And then once you get those, you can see who watched the video for say longer than 10, 15 seconds. Right, right. And then you can target them with a conversion ad. But I think a lot of people aren't taking advantage of that. And they don't realize all the opportunity. But again, that gets back to the overwhelm and intimidation. They don't even know that that's really possible. They haven't spent right, the right. hours in Facebook's back end. A lot of people think of Facebook, even marketing professionals think of Facebook as this overwhelming platform where everybody is talking and it's very uh, overwhelming and trolling and this and that, but they don't realize that on the marketing side, on the business side of Facebook, it's extremely thought out algorithms that know exactly what you're going to see on your timeline, what kind of uh, um, feed you're going to see, uh, what kind of friends you have, your particular demographic, when to show your particular ad, on which device, they know everything. And, uh, and I think that's a greatly missed opportunity because Facebook has a, or Instagram, they, it has such a bad rap right now with all the 
controversy on privacy and this and that. But at the same time, Facebook is making a lot of money. In fact, they just reported even even uh, better profits uh, in the last quarter. And uh, and that's because people are advertising. And I think the small business needs to understand that even though they personally may know like Facebook, they need to take their personal taste aside and say on the business side is, is very uh, uh, beneficial, you know, to put the ass in front of the right people. Yeah, I think kind of the conclusion of this conversation and the takeaway is really just, yes, it is overwhelming. It is intimidating, but you just have to, just like any other aspect of your business, you really just have to commit to it. And you have to understand that you're not always going to see instant results. You shouldn't focus all of your efforts on instant results. Obviously, you know, you have to get the short-term revenues to keep, you know, to to keep uh, the doors open or whatever metaphor you want to use to keep people paid. But I think there should be a larger focus on branding and just overall uh, a bigger focus on really adapting to the digital world because there's no going back. I think that's, that's the key. I mean, if we were to close this uh, conversation, I'll say you need to be much more agile in today's marketing world than there used to be in the past. You could be uh, up to you know, 20, 30 years ago, you could be doing the same marketing budget campaign planning pretty much year after year after year and use the same Excel spreadsheet and say, I'm going to do this much print and this much radio ads and this much this and that and just adjusting the budgets and all that stuff. This, nowadays, you need to be so flexible that even your marketing budget last year or even the line items within your budget will completely change uh, from one year to the next. You may look more into influencers, so you look more into uh, this kind of digital marketing or cross-reference or customer match or this or that. I mean, you need to really be fast-moving and fast-adapting today. And, and it's, it's, it's more than ever adapt or die to me. I think, ultimately, at this point, if you're not thinking and operating your business with a digital-first mindset mm -hmm. that you're going to fail and that you really won't exist basically to the consumer because mm -hmm. everything is moving digital. Everything already, a ton has already moved digital and it's only right. going to continue. And I think really the lesson is just, you need to either adapt to the digital first mindset or die. I mean, I yeah. don't think there's an option really. I think that's a good way to end it for today, David. Thank you very much. <laughs>